0: grateful for how you help us to sing to the Lord. Grateful that. Uh, You could also turn to page 61 if you'd just like to grab a Bible from the pew in front of you. Either way, it would get us to Exodus chapter 20. And this morning we want to read verse 12. Before I do read, um, I believe today is Vi Kohler's 91st birthday. So, Vi, we love you. Happy birthday. So, all right. Yeah. When you get to be 91, I'll mention your name before we preach as well. So, until then, just wait your turn. These are God's words for us this morning, and here's what God says. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You may be seated. Father, thank you for your word there is no word like Your Word. Our prayer is that now in these moments together that our time of worship would continue. It would continue uh, through how our hearts love Your Word and want to hear from You and want to be changed and live differently because of Your Word. So by, by the presence of Your Spirit, be near to us. Be at work in our midst and in our hearts this morning for we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're looking at these ten words, the ten commandments, uh, one commandment at a time. Uh, I would remind us that um, these ten commandments uh, are the basis for how Israel uh, was to uh, live as God's people, This is not how they became God's people. They became God's people by the gracious, redemptive, rescuing hand of God. But as God's people, they were now commissioned to live this way and not that way. And uh, these ten words begin the conversation uh, to show how, um, how the loving, wise, great God is to be made known among the world by how... This God's people live. And as we look at this morning's verse, we see that God wants us to live in a certain way in regard to our moms and dads, our parents. Two things I want us to think about this morning. First of all, just following our pattern, we want to uh, understand this fifth word a bit more. And then we want to spend a few moments considering how to better practice this fifth word. Now, this fifth command, I think, is a pivotal transitional command. This fifth commandment, on the one hand, is linked to the first four in the sense that obeying and carrying out this fifth command is preparatory for knowing how to love the Lord God as specified in the first four commands. The first and the primary place to learn about God is the home. The home is where we learn our duty toward the Lord. The Lord has entrusted moms and dads with the stewardship of instructing their children about the Lord. You can welcome and allow others, moms and dads, that is. You can welcome and allow others uh, to come alongside you to to help you in that process, uh, uh, but uh, you cannot allow anyone to replace you in that process. The Lord holds moms and dads accountable and responsible for how we raise our children to know about God and to love the Lord God with all of our heart with all of our soul, and with all of our might. And yet, and yet the fifth command is not just linked to the first four, but I would suggest to you that the fifth command as a pivotal or hinge command is also linked to the next five in the sense that figuring out what the fifth command pertains to is also preparatory for um, uh, knowing how to have loving relationships with others the first and primary place in, in which we uh, learn about loving others is in the home. It's the home that we learn about our duty toward others. The Lord has entrusted moms and dads with the stewardship of instructing children about life as a good, loving neighbor. Now, part of what that means is part of the underbelly of the task of moms and dads is um, uh, the home is where children begin to learn that they are not the center of the universe. You've met adults that haven't figured that out yet, all right? So, don't point any fingers right now, but the the home is the place that God has ordained where moms and dads Uh, would begin to unfold to to children uh, that there are purposes to this life that are greater than themselves. In a day and age in which we seem to be overrun by specialists and experts to the extent that we're not even sure that, like ordinary people like you and I, have the goods to know how to raise children, to love God and to love their neighbor. The scripture still places that calling upon us. The home is where we are to learn how to live in this world. It is the safe incubator where we learn to act and to think like civil human beings. The home is to be the place where there is love and there is protection and there is provision, but there's also instruction and there's also discipline, so that children are prepared to be adults that they are prepared to be people who know a thing or two about respecting authority, that they learn a thing or two about obedience, that they learn a thing or two about loving others, that they learn a thing or two about honoring the Lord. Yes, not all children are the same in every way. Some children are more challenging in the learning curve of these things. And what that means is that the task of parenting them is a more challenging task, and yet the goals are not different. It's just that the patience and the work and the effort to achieve that goal might be much greater for one of you, one kid than it is to the next kid. Just as a sidebar, I would just add, historically, um, historically, uh, uh, just an anecdotal, hist- anecdotal historical observation, and that is um, oppressive uh, regimes of human government take the family as a threat. They believe that children belong to them and not to parents. That's happened in the past, and that's very much the flavor of many in our country even today. And I get that. I get that oppressive, oppressive regimes of human government, they can't function as they wish if its citizenry have a greater loyalty to their family and to the Lord than to them as an oppressive regime. And so one of their chief strategies... Uh, is to promote allegiance to the state rather than to the honoring of parents and ultimately the honoring of the Lord. Relatedly, when the order and function of a family declines in society, the power and reach of the state increases. So while we live in a day in which the experts and specialists are suggesting to you that our children belong to them, we ain't buying it. We're not buying it because we come to the Scriptures and we see a whole different set of arrangements, and we will honor the Lord in all ways, but hopefully, Lord willing, God help us in this way. So, this fifth word elevates mom and dad. It elevates uh, uh, mom and dad uh, to to the tremendous vital role in promoting the worship of God and promoting the welfare of a culture by how we raise and nurture the children that the Lord has entrusted to us. The worship of God, that's a big deal. The welfare of a culture, that's a big deal, hinges upon these simple words, you shall honor God your father and your mother if children understand how to do that then the other things well i believe fall into place as well so mom and dad this is no small task the 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 practice of the other nine commands are at stake in what goes on with the engagement and the investment that you make. Your children must be trained to honor you as a part of a larger matter. That is that they would learn how to love God and to love their neighbor as well. This this work must start early. It must be renewed with great persistence and determination, and it must be done in continued reliance upon the Lord who not only calls us to this task, but enables us to faithfully administer this task. Now, let me just add something before I go further. On the one hand, I'm just trying to keep this thing on the main rails here, but there's so many uh, sidebars that I could veer off onto and i 'm going to try to touch on those but yet keep us back on the on the main path i 'm putting a lot of in this first movement of understanding uh the fifth word i 'm putting a lot of onus on mom and dad's this morning, and I know that in some cases um, that that is just that 's just not going to be received well um, and and maybe even in part for. There's good reason for, for that. Um, because I know that the world we live in, it's, uh, it's not a cheap, uh, flim, uh, ch- a cheap, easy formula. And what I mean by that is this there are good parents who end up with bad kids. And I also understand this there are good kids who come from bad parents. We live in a fallen world in which there is something wrong with everything, and, and what I mean by that is you as a mom or dad can do everything before God faithful and right, and, and yet that is no automatic guarantee. This is not just simply put a coin in the slot and out pops the, the, the treat. You can do everything right, and so we have to be careful how we judge parents by the outcome of their kids. I also know that you could could have been raised in the worst home imaginable. And yet our God could intervene and rescue from all of that muck and mire and mess. But yet what we're doing this morning is we're considering not the mystery of God's workings providentially, but we're, we're considering the clarity of God's revealed will. Got kids? Then you have a massive calling with much at stake. I I don't mean to load you with guilt, but boy, I do want to sober you up to this incredible responsibility. It's a big job, and I suspect that you won't regret having minimal Social media presence when you have little children. When you're 91, then you can get a Facebook account. So, we understand the fifth commandment. We are saying that parents must bring up children who will honor them. <laughs> now, this is, this is odd. So, so, children are to honor their parents. Who's been given the task to enforce that? Parents kind of self-serving, isn't it? Well, this is God's orders. This, this, is not, this, uh, this is not a conspiracy of honorary parents who have inflicted this on you kids. Uh, trust me on this. Uh, these are orders from the Lord Himself. He's holding moms and dads responsible for teaching you to grow up and to be children who honor your father and mother. Now, um, so moms and dads, You have to train and teach your children to honor you. Now, that does not occur. Uh, I'm going to save you a lot of frustration here. Uh, that, that, That does not occur simply as moms and dads shout, You will honor me! Such harshly, rudely spoken demands will not truly produce children who are endeared to honor you. No. Uh, In other words, you can't even pull out the power card in parenting. Yes, you have authority. I understand that, but there's a big difference between having authority, an assignment from God, and you pulling out the, 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 the power card. That really won't work. No, parents must begin teaching their children to honor them By first of all, striving, that is, working hard at it, that is, making personal adjustments along the way, that is, faithfully making personal sacrifices throughout to be an honorable person. And what I mean by an honorable person, a person for whom it could be said it's easy to honor you. Isn't that what the Lord does? Are we to honor the Lord? Has not the Lord made it easy for us to honor Him? That is, if we have the spiritual sense enough to see this. But, but, but is, has not the Lord made it easy for us to honor Him? He is honorable. He takes good care of us. He directs us. He is present with us. He is a good. God. And so when He says, honor me, this, if, if we've got half a spiritual sense, we should get that this is good and appropriate. Make it easy for your kids to find you honorable. That, that, how will they do that? That, that they, they will see how you love the Lord. That they will see how you love and care for people around you. That That they will see how you love them. How you talk to them. How you listen to them. How you play with them. How you spend time with them how you engage them pertaining to the things of God, how you instruct them on being caring and kind and strong and courageous and humble and gentle. Be honorable. Don't be afraid of them. Fear God, not your kids. don't settle for just being their buddy. They need a parent, not a pal. And hopefully, by the grace of God, when they get to be older, then you will have a friend for life. But there's a lot that needs to be reworked and rewired in the meantime. You must insist that your children become a certain kind of person. Upright, godly, righteous, humble insist on that. Be firm about that. Yes, call them out when they're inconsistent with that. Call them out respectfully. There are times when we will say to our children, stop that. You're being selfish. There will be times when we will say to our children, get going on this matter you're being irresponsible you'll say well oh my gosh wouldn't that damage their fragile psyche well if you train them that to be that way yes it will insist that they become people who are virtuous insist on it discipline them when they are not that kind of person, when they veer off of that path and patiently stick with them through the thick and thin of this educational process. Because you will have to tell them these things again and again, and again, and again, and again, and again. How many times do I got to tell you? Oh, about 648. No, operate with that assumption. They are children. You are trying by the grace of God to establish habits and patterns of uh, of character and virtue in them. That's not going to turn on a dime. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that to be an honorable person, uh, that you are modeling for them um, uh, how to be an honorable person yourself. If children are going to figure out how to honor their mother and father, then as much as it depends upon us in in this... uh, uh, Work of parenting. Let us first of all be honorable people. The onus first starts with us. Talking about honoring your mother and father um, it, it is maybe easier for me than it is for you. I I, I had honorable. I didn't have perfect parents, and and uh, and they didn't raise a perfect kid either. Uh, I know it's a shock, but. Uh, Prettier, but um, but they make it easy for me to think about them now, even as they have died. They make it easy for me to think about them with good thoughts and good memories. And I realize that maybe you don't have that same story. Um, And so, and again, you illustrate my point, though. The easiest way to train children to honor their parents is to first of all be honorable before your children. He goes on in this passage. One more thing about understanding this, and then we'll transition and shift. But he says you, um, in verse 12 again, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given to you. That your days may be long in the land. There's a perk. There's a benefit. There's a promise. There's a blessing that goes along with this. And um, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse Sixteen adds to this, kind of, I think, kind of fills it in or clarifies it. It says, um, in addition to your uh, uh, that the, that your days may be long in the land, it says that it may go well for you in the land. And One way I think we could parse that out. Again, I, I don't think this is an automatic formula that your ship will safely arrive with all of the goodies that you ever want on that ship um, if, if you just honor your father and mother. But I will say this, the best predictor of a fruitful life as an adult is what unfolds in the home. There's always exceptions, but this is the way that God has ordered his universe. When children are raised by honorable parents and those children grow up and honor their parents, then you have readied them for life as a fully functional adult human being. Now, Let me shift then and spend a few moments then on the second part practicing the fifth word. How do we do this? How do we honor our father and mother? Well, first thing I would say is it depends on your age, but I'll come back to that in a second. The most fundamental aspect of what it means to honor your father and mother is to first of all say that... Honor is, first of all, a matter of the heart. Honoring your father and your mother starts with a a heart attitude, a disposition of respect and deference and even reverence. Speaking of honoring God, Jesus said something really interesting in Matthew 15. He was actually quoting from the prophet Isaiah. But in speaking of honoring God, Jesus put the primary focus of honoring God upon the heart. He said, these people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me. In other words, we don't want to honor our father and mother vainly. We want to honor our father and mother genuinely, earnestly, from our hearts. Now, that begs a couple caveats, doesn't it? Um, uh, Sometimes um, parents fail their children. And there's a broad spectrum that we could play this out here um, of honorability or lack thereof. Um, Sometimes moms and dads, quite honestly, are not deserving of this matter. Um, and yet, what I would suggest to you, and I don't have a quick and easy, simple answer here, what do you, how do you honor your parents from the heart when your parents have maybe been less than honorable? They've been dishonorable. I mean, but if they're dishonorable, they could always run for Congress. But, uh, but I, uh, a painting with a broad stroke, Uh, But sometimes, sometimes we even have to sort out and figure out the tension of how do we honor parents who maybe are less than honorable. Sometimes we seek to find ways to honor them in the Lord. That nevertheless, these are the parents that the Lord has given to me. And I will strive to honor them. I think there's an interesting passage in 1 Timothy chapter 5. Paul writes to young Timothy, and uh, he says, uh, Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. In other words, there's times when fathers need a a rebuke, but Timothy says, Do it in a respectful, honoring way. There's times that our parents maybe not have been honorable, but we could pray to the Lord to give us insight on how we could honor parents who have been imperfect, who have failed in a significant way. Uh, At times, we just want to honor our parents out of our grander and larger design of honoring the Lord. I'll go on. Jumping back to depending upon uh, the age well, at an early stage, children uh, have one basic fundamental assignment in life. Children, obey your parents, Ephesians 6.1 tells us. Colossians 3 backs that up. Uh, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. The, the starting point of a child's life is to sort out uh, the, the assignment that the God has given to them, uh, that, that He has entrusted parents over them, and those parents are to be obeyed. They are to not to be negotiated with. Parents, you must teach your children to obey you immediately upon voice command. If you have to tell them six times, then you are training them to obey you on the seventh time and not the first time. I know I've made this a lot simpler than what it is. That's why preaching is easy. But we tell them once, and then there's an infraction of a crime. Now, age appropriately, we will deal with that. We will respond to that. We will sort that out and we will discipline them, which begs the next point. Uh, children at a young age, they, will, they learn how to honor the Lord, not simply by obe- honor their parents, by obeying their parents, but also by submitting to and accepting the discipline of their. Say now, another, another sidebar. Now, Joe, what if your mom and dad tell you to do something that the, that the Lord forbids you to do? Or what if they make you do something uh, that you're not supposed to do in the Lord? Uh, and I know there's always these sort of uh, sidebar conversations, uh, and, and I, I know that, that that's going to create tension living in a fallen world. There's sometimes that uh, parents uh, try to um, uh, command children to do what God forbids or to forbid you to do something that God commands. And, and um, uh, if, if, if push comes to shove, we are to obey God rather than man. Um, but even in those moments, there ought to be the tension of, this is not easy to, to do this because I want to honor my parents by obeying them. And I want to honor the Lord by obeying them. And there is a respectful way. You can appeal to them. You can try to maturely reason with them. It's amazing, kids, that if you act like uh, a mature young person and try to think through things with your moms and dads, uh, uh, how that will change their attitude. But if you act like an immature little pouty brat, they will treat you as such. Just That one's free. You can, you can figure that one out. And, and, and this issue of obeying and even accepting the discipline that your parents give to you, uh, that's, that's different. We're on a graded scale. It's different for a 2-year-old than it is for a 12-year-old than it is for a 22-year-old, unless, of course, that 22-year-old, for no good reason, is still single and living in your basement playing video games all day. Then you treat him like a 12-year-old because that's what he's acting like. Actually, I don't even think you should let a 12-year-old do that, but that's neither here nor there. So, um, in other words, if you want to be treated on a different scale, then you must act on a different scale. Now, what do you do when children grow up in other words, uh, honoring your mother and father uh, is much more than just simply childhood obedience. This is where probably most of us are, are at. What do you do when, you're, when, when you as a child now get married and, and uh, you're starting your own family? Well, there's a, there's a big shift in play here at this moment. Dads and moms, you've got to let go. The last Uh, vestiges of their umbilical cord have now been cut. You should have prepared them for this moment, but now here's the moment, and it is what it is. So how do you as an adult with your own family, maybe even your own children, how do you honor your father and mother? I would suggest to you a couple of ways to do that. While you don't have to obey them in the same way you did as a two-year-old, you should still listen to them um, don't be foolish consider the gray hairs that the lord has given to your parents now i get it there is a category even in scripture of a thing called an old fool but i think we have to be we have to be aware of how to be countercultural at this moment uh, and we should elevate the wisdom of gray hair over the wisdom of the hip and the cool. So, we should listen to them. We should, in fact, ask for their advice. That's a way to honor them. As, as, you, get, as, as you get older, as they get older, you should talk to them. Encourage them. Um, do not neglect them you should serve them as needed, even First Timothy chapter 5, verses 4 through 8. Interesting, it talks about how the church should care for others widows in the church, and and yet it does that in the context of, because if if they don't have any kids, because they're the ones who ought to be taking care of them, if they don't have any kids to take care of them, that's when the church should take care of them. And so the implication there is that a way to honor your parents as you grow old and as they grow old is that you will serve them. You will give them the support that they need. You will express gratitude to them, you will thank them. Thank you, Mom, for… Thank you, Dad, when you… You see, the the task of honoring your mother and father does not have an expiration date on it. It it shifts, it transitions, it moves. And, of course, I'll just add one more thing here. There's only been one person on this earth who truly knew how to honor His Father from cradle to grave. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a perfect child. And the very heartbeat of His entire mission in life was to honor His Father in heaven. And yet this... Lord Jesus Christ, the one, the only one who truly honored His Father, went to the cross. And at the cross, He bore up under the sin and the shame and the disgrace that is deserving to those who do not truly honor their father and their mother. Jesus is our substitute We have all failed in this mission of honoring our father and mother. But Jesus has laid down his life for people like us to, first of all, pardon us for our dishonor of our father and mother. But then to give us his spirit so that we can be a kind of people who now are inclined to and interested in and desirous of and enabled to be a kind of people who grow and cultivate and attitude and actions in which we honor the father and mother that the Lord has given to us. Father, thank You for uh, Your Word. Thank You for our time together. We're thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ and for the life that He gives to all who trust in Him, for the pardon and for the indwelling spirit that comes through knowing Jesus. And so we pray, Father, that you would now, in Christ Jesus, by the power of your Spirit, find us faithful as people who would honor our Father and Mother. For we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.